Welcome to Farm Focus, a podcast by the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau. I'm William Whistler. This week, I spoke with Kyle Cotsmoyer about Pennsylvania Farm Bureau policy development. Joined today by uh, state and local affairs specialist Kyle Cotsmoyer. Uh, Kyle, it's good to have you here. Uh, you know, just an opportunity to talk about policy development with uh, Farm Bureau members here on the Farm Focus podcast. If you'd like to briefly introduce yourself, and then we can kind of get into it. Well, thanks, Will. Um, so yeah, Kyle Cotts Moyer. Um, I have been with Pennsylvania Farm Bureau for three years, uh, serving as an ROD for Region Three. And on May second, I took the role as the uh, state and local affairs specialist here, serving as our primary lobbyist in Harrisburg. Um, prior to Farm Bureau, uh, I was in a dairy partnership with my stepbrother, stepdad in Cumberland County. Uh, we were farming around seven hundred, uh, or excuse me, milking around seven hundred cows, uh, farming a little over eleven hundred acres. Um, we sold those cows in the farm itself uh, at the end of 2018. My brother still is farming those acres, um, but I decided to try something new. I've just been very fortunate to land here at Farm Bureau and um, excited about the opportunity to represent our members. Very nice. Uh, you know, kind of a unique background and that perspective that you can give uh, that you can give to members as far as uh, you know actually being in the field and experiencing some of the things that they have firsthand. But you know, first off, for those uh, who don't know, if you could just kind of explain to listeners, you know, how Farm Bureau policy development kind of works, uh, as far as like the county level, the state, and and you know that extends to the federal level as well. Sure. So the Farm Bureau policy development process uh, essentially just begins with an idea, um, an idea from a member. Um, that they may want to change something in current law, current regulation, current policy, or just create something new that, that doesn't exist yet um, that they believe should. These could be issues at the local level, such as a township or a county, um, and of course then the state and federal levels. Um, so when this member comes with an idea, um, policy development meetings are typically held um, in the summer months, July and August. Um, and they are discussed and sort of put together at those meetings and once they are sort of hashed out there they will move to the county annual meetings again typically in September October um, sometime in the fall at the annual meetings then they are discussed amongst the members or they could be amended and then voted on uh, if they're passed there by the membership of that county um, they would then go to the PFB staff here in Camp Hill for just sort of a vetting process, doing some research, some background on those policies. Um, we would see if there is already existing policy. There's a whole process and a whole list of rules that go along with whether or not that, that policy um, will advance. Uh, we have a state PD committee that will meet here typically in October. Um, first as subcommittees divided out in sort of how the policies, uh, you know, sort of the categories they fall into. Those subcommittees Look at them, they'll go to the full uh, PD committee meeting around sometime in October. And again, once if they get through there without any problems, they will get to the, the uh, delegate floor in uh, November at our state annual meeting. And again, the same process there being discussed, amended, voted on. And if they are accepted there by our members, they will go into our policy as something that we will advocate for um, on a state level in Harrisburg. If it is a federal type issue, such as WOTUS, or say a federal, um, you know, trucking, you know, laws, they will go to the AFBF annual meeting, um, where again discussed, amended, voted on, 
um, and if accepted there, then become federal policy for which our um, colleagues at the AFBF in Washington will, um, you know, speak with our United States congressmen, senators, and you know, higher administration and agencies at that level. Counties can also have policy that is relative to local issues, um, such as county, say county farmland preservation, or even township at the township level that they can have a, um, you know, a policy that says we're in favor of support of such an issue at that level, which really empowers the counties to, um, you know, have, have a voice and, you know, in their communities. Um, and also, um, you can have a policy that is considered a recommendation to the board, uh, the state board of directors at Farm Bureau, um, and that would be just something such as, you know, when the annual meeting is held, where it is held, um, and sometimes even, you know, what type of cars were the, uh, the staff, the uh, pool cars, you know, and things like that. So those are considered recommendations to the board. But yeah, I mean, the, the process is very thorough um, and we, we're very happy with how things have worked out uh, with this process. And obviously a lot of moving parts in something like this. And that goes to policy as far as developing it and then to legislate for it. And obviously there's a lot of moving parts in legislation and how that comes to be. But you kind of said that it starts with the idea and that's kind of what formulates things. How do you kind of see some of those examples of some policy and how it comes about? Yeah, so one of the more recent examples, um, and I'll use this one because it is something local to me here in Cumberland County, um, although it's uh, a statewide issue, but is that of these uh, stormwater fees being imposed by townships, municipalities, and boroughs. So as part of the EPA's Chesapeake Bay restoration program. Pennsylvania has been essentially mandated to reduce our nutrient load to the bay. So they have come up with these fees to impose uh, sort of to help townships and like I said, boroughs sort of fight those fee or fight that uh, that nutrient load and clean up some water. But it, it, it eventually comes down to an individual township um, deciding on you know, imposing a fee and what that fee will be. Um, and what we saw here locally, and also again across the state, but farmers were really getting hit hard um, due to the size of their 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 uh, their farms, uh, their land, um, as it, this fee was based off of the number of acres that someone owned. So when, you know, if you had a, a resident who maybe had a small half acre lot, they were getting relatively little fee imposed upon them. So some farmers in this county <clears throat> and in their individual townships came up with this plan to um, get relief for farmers based off of maybe the amount of um, pervious, surfa and pervious surface on their land if they were doing the correct um, nutrient management plans and similar things like that that would uh, essentially give them some credits or put a cap on the, the potential fee that they could be facing. There is policy currently in the Senate that would put a cap on these fees um, based on the amount of impervious surface uh, on your land that would be no more than double a residential fee. But again, this is, um, this is a township issue. So it, as well as, you know, we're hoping to make it a state issue so it's a uniform um, fee and a uniform program. Um, but as it currently sits, every single township in this in the state is allowed to do something different, which just really causes confusion um, and you know some inequality there. So again, as we talk about that policy development process, this is one of those areas where uh, members can 
essentially stand up and voice their concerns at a township level as well as the state level. Yeah, that's one of those things where, you know, that's a really good example of how uh, policy comes about. And from an idea and and an issue and trying to find that solution for it, obviously there's a big difference too between Farm Bureau policy as well as actual legislation, legislation and the law that does ultimately make the difference for farmers. What kind of goes into taking it from a policy and an idea to actual legislation? Yeah, you made it. You make a great point, Will. So it's funny. It sort of sometimes is a little bit alarming that some of our members and people even outside of our organization um, get confused about our policy. I make a key point that our policy is not law. Um, Our policy is simply an opinion of the membership. And and as Will said, we have to take that opinion and that idea once it is policy and take that to the next step, you know, in working with legislators. And I'd say the first thing is try to find somebody that their district, their constituents really are in in support of. So if, uh, you know, you have someone in the middle part, central part of the state where an issue is relevant, Finding that legislator to be your your champion or your your key supporter, your key voice on that issue, working with their staff or the committee staff, developing that language and that policy. Um, and Joe Montenegro also plays a really key part in this process as our general counsel here, uh, just to make sure we're doing things right by the law. Uh, very intelligent and thorough in his research and his um, thoughts. So he's a he's a good uh, a good advocate for us, but very intelligent and helpful in this process. You know, but from there, it's, it's really a matter of, I would say, working the room and finding more support um, beyond that champion, um, beyond that supporter, uh, and just trying to drum up support you know, you know, throughout, the, throughout the General Assembly. Yeah, Farm Bureau really prides itself as a grassroots organization and individual counties and individuals themselves really get an opportunity to to speak and try and have their voice heard and make a difference for agriculture. And with that being said, what is it, or why is it kind of important for people to get involved in policy development, you know, and stay up to date with uh, what's going on in Farm Bureau? Yeah, so agriculture, I mean, we know we face a lot of regulations and often over-regulations, but we're really, we're, we're not alone. Um, we may be the biggest ag organization, but there's several other organizations um, just as large, just as powerful. Um, so that's why it's really important. And a part of our mission is many voices, united vision. And it may sound tacky or cliche, cliche but that really is important for members to understand um, what we're trying to do. Um, and the value of membership is to have more voices speaking up so that we can unite ourselves in a more powerful voice. But for example, I, I don't know much about maybe the natural gas industry or beekeeping or other certain areas of ag. And just, members in our organization may not know about a certain area. So if we can pull more people in across you know, every sector of ag, every different industry, not only educates us, but it alerts us to potential problems that they could be facing and ultimately could you know, find their way into another area of agriculture. Um, so it really is so important to just make sure that we are um, doing our best to, to make sure everyone's voice is heard and drawing people from different parts of the industry. As far as staying up to date, as I said, as a former ROD, and so we often hear, um, you know, what does Farm Bureau really do for us? And I would defend the fact that we Farm Bureau does a lot, uh, and, in, and it comes down to, you know, you sort of you get out what you put in, I would say. So as a member, um, do your part to get involved and attend meetings, 
read the publications, and that's that's the first step in understanding what we're doing and what's happening. Um, if you're not happy with something that's happening, let us know. <laughs> but uh, certainly, we we do our best to make sure that members are aware and, and alert to current issues. And so, there really is value there. Um, and we do our best to make sure you have that available. So you brought up the idea of just the individual as far as policy development and why it's important for people to get involved in that. What would you say to people that are interested in being a part of this and having their voice heard and maybe don't know where to start to, to begin advocating for agriculture? What kind of advice would you give those people? I'd say the best advice um, would simply be don't be intimidated. If you have an idea or, or thought for a policy, don't be afraid to to speak your mind you know at your county and even with your legislator um you know really at their core legislators are people you know just like us you know just doing a different job maybe with a bit more power um but they're they're paid to listen to their constituents um and to the members of their district um, but we have to also remember you know treat them with respect and so be concise be con- intentional um, when you're speaking to them let them know what your what your concerns and your thoughts are you know, in a very clear manner, be respectful of their time. But yeah, just again, the best advice, don't be intimidated. For me, that first day I walked into the Capitol, I felt like I was there representing 30,000 people and I wanted to make sure that um, I did everything I could to to understand that those um, those legislators uh, were, were under the radar and that Farm Bureau was, was there to, to make their voice heard. And with that, what are some of the current issues and legislation that's currently in the work for Pennsylvania farmers? I know this time of year we're kind of in the in the process of putting a lot of things together. So how have you, uh, or what do you kind of have going on right now? Yeah, I'd say our, our key priority right now is trying to secure funding for some conservation projects. Again, as I said, Pennsylvania is under the gun for some of our nutrient management and nutrient loads to the bay. And it's never been for a lack of neglect or farmers wanting to to do those projects and and certainly make sure we have healthy soils and clean water uh, it's just always been a matter of funding and support you know to implement those programs and projects so we're asking right now we're asking the general assembly for 250 million dollars from the uh, state's allocation of the ARPA funds the American Rescue Plan funds and best money would go directly to or 125 million of that uh, would go directly to our county conservation districts and they would be enabled to work with their local farmers um, to you know put plans together put projects together that would help meet some of these mandates that we're facing clean up our water and, and things like that so that's our big ask right now um, is again to just get some help for that those projects so that we can make sure they're done and we see this as a long-term fix if we can do something right with this money right now put a, you know, a good manure you know storage or a good uh, diversion ditch or culverts or anything that would help our runoff issues those are things that can last for a lifetime 30 40 years at least um, so if we can do this right now and get some money for those projects um, we see that as a win for everybody because uh, of course everybody needs and wants clean water so if we can do that um, now that's something that will last for, for quite a while um, and we're certainly continuing to work on that. Uh, again, there's still parts of legislation out there on MS4 is always a big issue, um, and there's some similar conservation programs. And this, there's some legislation right now, House Bill 1901 and Senate Bill 832, lay out this 
um, idea for funding through this A and ACAP, an Agricultural Conservation Assistance Program. We are hoping that if this legislation doesn't move in, Jan in June that um, General Assembly will realize that this is a key issue and a key ask for not just Farm Bureau but for several organizations and uh, get some money towards these programs through the, the general budget. Definitely a lot of opportunities and a lot of big things happening in agriculture right now so there's a lot going on that people definitely want to keep their eyes on. Uh, as far as your goals for the upcoming summer months, what are some of the things that, that maybe you're looking to see from uh, Farm Bureau members? Um, it's really important for Farm Bureau's members, uh, i say number one, is to understand how this process works. So hopefully everyone is listening to this podcast to get some background on that. But also just, you know, networking with your, with your county Farm Bureau members, getting some thoughts from them. Uh, but then number two, just get involved in that process. Um, again, as I mentioned, you, you kind of get out what you put in. A lot of ideas out there that people may have that they've just never, you know, brought to the table so to speak, um, and could be something that would be very beneficial for the entire state. So again, don't be afraid to, to voice your opinion and what you think can be fixed or what is wrong or what needs uh, implemented. So yeah, just to know how it works and to get involved. But I'm also encouraging you know county farm leaders to hold legislative farm tours or breakfasts, lunches with their legislators. Obviously, there's no session days in July or August, so that's the time to get those farmers out, or excuse me, get those legislators out onto the farms on our turf, show them what we do every day, and get them a better understanding of you know, when we do come with policy, why and where it is, is coming from. Yeah, and any other thoughts or, or uh, things that you'd like to share on policy development or members getting involved or anything like that? I, I really do believe that our policy development and our, our legislative efforts is what makes Farm Bureau so great. Um, we certainly have a lot of other great programming um, and, and you know value to the organization, but at the end of the day, it comes down to our policy. And um, we have a, a, a really good track record of success you know, as far as things we've able to do legislatively. Um, certainly, we don't always win. Uh, but regardless, um, our Farm Bureau position is very well thought of and valued and sought after in the capital. Um, and so without your members voicing their thoughts or their ideas, again, their concerns, um, Farm Bureau just isn't, isn't what it is. We really do have a power in our numbers. Um, so the more voices, the more power we have as an organization. Um, and just remember that public opinion does influence public policy. So speak up. Without your opinion, there is no policy. Yeah, and a lot, of, uh, a lot of good things going on in uh, Harrisburg and a lot of good stuff from our state and local affairs specialist, Kyle. So I really think it's important to get that message out and to let people know about policy development. So I appreciate you taking the time to come on and, and do this today. Thank you, Will. If you enjoyed this episode of Farm Focus, please subscribe. More episodes are on the way, and all of our past episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Podbean at pfbcast.podbean.com. Thanks for listening.